Someone shared a passage of scripture this morning, and uh, I, I want to just—I just, just want to read part of it, and uh, I think it's for today. Uh, it's a passage that some of you will be familiar with. It's—it's uh, it's found in Isaiah chapter sixty, and uh, the Lord says, "Arise and shine. Arise and shine, for your light has come." He doesn't—he doesn't say. Descend light, he says, arise and shine. He's talking to the people of God here. It's time for us to stand up. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth, and deep darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear upon you. And the nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Uh, I just believe that. I don't, I'm not going to try to explain the passage this morning, but I just believe it's, it's for us today. Okay. Uh, this morning, we're going to look for a few minutes at, at God's Word, and, and then we're just going to, we're going to give the Holy Spirit time to do what He wants to do, and, and we're going to follow Him. But this is our last... Uh, sermon, I guess, in our series, our last teaching. We've been, uh, for 30, today will be 32 weeks, we have been in Gifted Kids, and we've been talking about how God has gifted all of His children, and, and we've been talking about, whether you realize or not, we've been talking about embracing those gifts, okay, and, and which means to, to literally, instead of standing like this, standing like this, and so we've, we've talked about embracing. We, we've talked about expressing and how the gifts work and, and how they function and, and those kinds of things. And, and, and we, we, we've talked a little bit about experiencing the gifts. And that's what we want in the future. We want to experience the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our body, among us, so that we can minister to those that yet uh, yet to come to know Jesus. Today, it's just, we're going to, you know, I'm I'm calling this imparting and activating the gifts of the Spirit, but literally about eight weeks ago, I was in the office, and and I I, I was ahead in my study, and I I just said, God, how do do I land this plane? I've I've got it in the air, (laughs) and as far as I can tell, I've expended all the you know, the, the the direction you've given me, I've expended all that. I, how do I get this plane now on the ground? And and I heard as clear as a bell, I heard impartation, activation. And I thought, okay. I sat there for a while. What does that mean? And and God just, he, he took me to some passages in, in Romans. He took me to some passages in First and Second Timothy. And I just, I began to study and, and, and God just began to, to show me that he was going to take care of all that. All I need to do is explain a little bit what those words mean, and he'll take care of the rest of it. Now, for those of you that, uh, that like to be in charge and in control, you'll know what I'm saying. <laughs> I kind of like to know where we're going. I, I never want to get in a car with somebody that I don't know where we're going. Okay, I, I, just, I just get really uncomfortable. If they say, come on, let's go for a ride, I always ask, where are we going? Because I want to know, all right? Now, I found out uh, through study that that's a part of one of my giftings, is, is, is wanting to know what the, the end result's going to be. And so 
I'm not real good at, at open-ended things, but I've been wrestling with God for eight weeks, and he won the first week, and, and I just decided, okay, I'm going to follow God and what he wants to do here, and, and whatever he does, he does, okay? And we're going to trust him to do that. But as a church family, we've spent almost nine months studying the gifts of the Spirit. We've spent 75% of this year. And I, I don't apologize for that. Uh, I believe this is where God has led us. I believe that God led me to do this study. I believe he's been preparing us for six years, five years to do this. But, you know, maybe you're like me. I always want to know why. Well, why, God, why are we doing this? And for me, there's a very simple answer. I don't know about you, but for me, there's a simple answer. In John chapter 14, 12, Jesus said this, Truly, truly, I say to you, He who believes in me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. Jesus, I've done who would believe in him, who would trust him, that you're going to do what I've done. And that would have been enough, okay? But he doesn't stop there. He takes the next step, and he says, and you will do even greater works. Now, I have seen this verse and heard this verse explained away, uh, explained to mean this or that, but it means what it says, all right? I mean, that's, that's just... Bottom line, it's a pretty simple verse. Jesus said, you're going to do what I did. And you're going to do even greater things because I'm going to the Father. And so those works that Jesus did, we know were done through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so therefore, if we're not doing those works and we're not involved in the greater works, then we're being disobedient to his command. Now, that may not sit well with you, but that's reality. We're either obeying or we're not obeying. And if we're not obeying, why? And so the only way we can accomplish these things is through the presence and the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Someone else told me this morning, they said, you, you, I'm struggling with this, but, but you, you realize that the same power, the same person who raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. I said, yeah, I do. And he wants out, okay? He wants out. Arise. Jesus says, out of your belly will flow living waters. Not out of heaven will flow living waters, but out of your stomach, out of your belly. Literally, the word is out of the womb. Within you will flow living waters. And so, if we're not doing those things, then I just think we ought to question why. We can't become all that God envisions for us without manifesting the gifts and that he's given us in a mature way. Now I realize that they begin, you know, they begin in an infantile way, but as we grow in those gifts, they begin to mature. And as we begin to mature, we begin to use them properly. But we can't be what God has envisioned unless that takes place. And so for me, the gifts of the Spirit are all about obeying Jesus. That's, that's what it boils down to. It's, it's not about being flashy or showy or having a, a great ministry or having people talk about you or being on TV shows and all this kind of stuff. It's just simply about obedience. Jesus says, if you love me, and I can't get away from this verse, if you love me, you will do what I say. 
Not you will preach to thousands. Not you will do this. Not you will do it. But you'll just simply obey me. John chapter 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. You will do what I say. But I have also learned that sometimes we have to put a demand on what we believe. Okay? It's not enough to say, I believe it. I'm, I'm teaching uh, in Desperation College this semester, and I'm teaching the book of Romans. And, and one of the things that Paul argues throughout the book of Romans is that there are the, the people who, who are the just shall live by faith. And, and what that means is those who have received the righteousness of God will live out the righteousness of God. If, they have not, if they're not living it out, then they may not have received it. That's the point. And he spends the whole book dealing with that. And over and over, this, 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 this comes that if we believe something... We ought to be walking it out. We ought to be doing what we say we believe. All right? If, if we believe that, you know, well, I just, I'm, I'm going to back away from there and go, go here. <laughs> I don't need to get off on that trail. But listen, if we believe it, we will do it. I mean, we truly will. It's not enough to talk about it. It's not enough to teach about it. If we never act on it, if we never put into practice our beliefs, then you know what? We really don't believe what we're talking about. And so today we're going to act. You know what? I don't believe God is looking for crazy. Okay? I want you to, I want you to relax a little bit. I just don't believe God's looking for crazy. But I do believe he is looking for hungry hearts that are willing to obey. I do believe that he's looking for desperate people. All right. If you're not desperate, you probably won't do and get what you believe should be yours. All right. I've learned this in life. One person's crazy sometimes is just another person's passion and love for Jesus. I used to hear some of the guys I, I hung out with would you know they would they would say, well, you know what, that old guy he he's just a fanatic for Jesus. Well, a fanatic for Jesus just simply means that that person loved Jesus more than I do. Okay? That's just, just reality. We, we label and we push people to the fringes because they make us uncomfortable. Okay? I'm looking forward to heaven because I'm going to be in the crazy section. Okay? I don't know if there is another section, so guess what? You'll probably be in there with me. And hopefully with a couple of more million of my rowdy friends, all right? But I, I've come to that place in my life where I want what God has for me, and I want him more than anything else. I, I don't, I'm not concerned about reputation. I'm not concerned about being this or being this. I want to just simply hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. That'll be enough for me. So this morning, we're just going to talk a little bit, just a short time about what the word impartation means and what activation of the gifts of the Spirit means. And then we're just, we're going to do it, all right? You say, well, what does that look like? I don't know, okay? 
This will be my first time in this line, but I've found myself at the lead of it, so we're just going to take a, a step of faith. But listen to me. I want you to understand this. God is the one who imparts the gifts. All right? Man doesn't do it. Because man has nothing to give. It's God. These are the gifts not from the Holy Spirit, but of the Holy Spirit. So they come from the Holy Spirit. So God imparts the gifts, but he partners with us to activate the ones we already have. You know what? You can have somebody pray over you. They can anoint you with oil. They can put their hands on your head. And if you don't activate, if you don't blow on the coals of that fire a little bit, it's not going to blaze. It's not, it, it, the gifts of the Spirit are not just going to overwhelm you and force you to do anything. You have to partner with the Holy Spirit to make those gifts happen. Okay? You have to pursue them. They don't just, you know, you just don't fall in the floor and get up and wave your hand and all kinds of things happen. That, that's, that's not biblical. It's always a partnership. Paul writes, as he begins his letter to the Romans, he, he makes a very stunning statement in Romans chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. And I want to read it for you. This is a church Paul didn't plant. It's the only t church in the New Testament that he writes a letter to, as far as we know, okay, as far as we have record of. It's the only church he wrote a letter to that he didn't himself plant, okay? And he says this, he says, for I long to see you. He, he, he tells them earlier that he had planned to come to them several times, but things got in his way. But he says, for I long to see you in order that I may impart some spiritual gift to you, that you may be established, that is, that I may be encouraged together with you while you, among you, each of us by the other's faith, both yours and mine. That word impart there that, that he uses means to share or to give over. He, he wants to, to use the gifts that he has to establish and to edify and to encourage the Roman believers. He wants, he wants spiritual growth to take place in their church. He, he wants those believers who have been strengthened, uh, who, who are believers to be strengthened by God in their faith. And in reality, he wants that church then to not to impart, but to use their gifts to strengthen him. It's a mutual thing that he's saying here. I, I want to come and I want to impart some gifts to you, but I want you to use your gifts so that it will build all of us up together. See, Paul didn't live on an island by himself and could do everything he needed done. He needed other people, okay? And so that's what he says to these Romans. And so Paul wasn't imparting his, his own stuff, but he was imparting to them what he had already received. He was sharing with them. And, and this is my own personal belief. I believe Paul had a desire to, to go to that church and to add to what was already there. He mentions some gifts later in the book of Romans. And it's interesting, he doesn't mention a lot of the gifts. He only mentions a few. And so I kind of believe that, that he wanted to go there and stir up the rest of the gifts that were, that were maybe not... Uh, showing up there. And I don't have time to develop that this morning, but, but, but basically he says in Romans chapter 12, verse 6 and 7, he says, Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let's exercise them accordingly. And he, he mentions prophecy. If prophecy according to the proportions of his faith. He mentions service in serving. 
and in teaching, in his teaching, and he who exhorts the gift of exhortation in his exhortation, and he who leads the gift of leadership with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. He mentions the gift of prophecy, and he mentions the gift of teacher, which are also mentioned in Ephesians 4 and in 1 Corinthians 12, but these other gifts are not mentioned there. And all the other gifts that are in those two passages are not mentioned here. So it may mean that he wanted to go and to confirm the testimony of Christ, the gospel message, which, by the way, is more than the death, the burial, and the resurrection. That is the essential of the gospel. But when Jesus preached the gospel, he preached the gospel of the kingdom. This is how you enter into the kingdom, death, burial, and resurrection, and this is how you live in the kingdom. Blessed are those who are this. Blessed are those who are that. Blessed, all those things. All of that is a part of the good news, the euangelion, the good news, the, the preaching of the gospel. And Paul says, I want to come and I want to confirm that testimony of Christ, that gospel message. And I want to share with you some of the gifts maybe that, 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 that are being used in Corinth and are being used in Ephesus. And he says this in 1 Corinthians. Chapter 1, he says, Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, you are not lacking in any gift, awaiting eagerly the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. He wanted the church there in Rome to walk in the same kind of power that the church at Ephesus was walking in. Now, throughout the scriptures, we see impartation. It's been done... Over and over and over, beginning in the Old Testament through the laying on of hands. Impartation was the method that was used to, to, to give blessings, to give very specific blessings. It, it was the, 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 the medium which was used to bring greater anointing, the filling of the Holy Spirit, and, and when the spiritual gifts overflowed. And I'm going to give you a few illustrations. I'm not going to go very much into them, but you're familiar with them. When Jacob, or who's often called Israel, blessed the sons of Joseph. If you remember, he laid his hands on them, but he crossed his hands. The blessing went to the firstborn, but God didn't want the firstborn, in this case, to get the blessing. So, lo, Jacob crosses his hands, and he places his, his right hand, which was the hand of, of, of first blessing, on the, the younger grandchild and his left one on the older grandchild and he blessed them and he imparted to them a a, 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 a blessing the firstborn blessing Moses when he is preparing uh, to die God says Moses you need to you need to go down you need to lay hands on Joshua give him a part of your anointing because you're not going going into the promised land if you remember, Moses had disobeyed God, and God said, well, you, you won't go. you'll see it, but you won't go into it because you've disobeyed me. And so the time has come, and, and so he lays hands on Joshua, and he imparts him a greater anointing of wisdom, a wisdom so that he could lead the people, and he could lead the nation of Israel into the promised land. You can find those, those two things in in. You can find the first one with Moses in Genesis 40, I mean with uh, Jacob in Genesis 48. You can look at that in Numbers 27 or in Deuteronomy 14. 
If you go to the New Testament, it wasn't just an Old Testament thing. It was also a New Testament thing. Paul, uh, Saul is struck blind on the road to Damascus. God speaks to a man named Ananias. And he says, Ananias, I want you to go to Saul. He's a servant that I have called. And I want you to lay your hands on him and pray. And so Ananias obeys God. And when he does, Paul is healed and he is filled with the Holy Spirit. And that takes place in Acts chapter 9, verse 17, the account of it. And then in Acts 19, you read about the 12 believers there in Ephesus who had not even heard of the Holy Spirit. Paul lays his hands on them, he prays for them, and they receive the Holy Spirit, and they begin to speak in tongues. I believe, you know what, God's going to impart today to us what we need. All right? It's just that simple. You say, how? I don't know how. But I'm not God. Okay? God's going to do it. Yet, for some of you, it's not about impartation. God has already given you. And I want you to listen to me here, okay? Because here's, here's the reality of people. We will line up and get in a line for somebody to pray over us, not realizing whether we need to be there or not. Okay? Some of us, God has already given us exactly what we need. He doesn't need to impart anything new. He just needs to stir up, or we need to stir up what's already there. See, most of us have some hidden gifts that we've not discovered. And some of you have a gift. You, you don't even know you had a gift before we started this series. You believe you have one now. You're not real sure what it is. But I'm here to tell you, you probably have more than one. But they have to be activated. They have to, they have to be stirred up. And the reason that they haven't is maybe because you're timid. Okay? You say, what's timid? Well, you're fearful of stepping out. And what happens is your powerful gift is languishing and it's neglected. You have a sense of something being there, but you're not real sure what it is. And you're afraid. You're, I'm just used to speak like I speak. You're scared to death to step out. Well, what if? Well, if you live in a world of what ifs, you will never do anything. You've got to live in a world of what is. All right? And, and, and God says, you've got a gift. Step out and use it. But what happens is... We're fearful. There's a person in the New Testament who's a lot like most Christians. His name is Timothy. He was Paul's associate. And he struggled with the same issue. And Paul wrote these words to him in 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. He says, I remind you to kindle afresh. And we're going to talk about what that word means. To kindle afresh. To stir up. The gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. Now there's impartation. That gift, this gift that we're talking about had been imparted, but he's still not using it very often. He's hesitant about it. Which has been has been which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God and here's the verse we always take out of context and use for everything else, but here's where the verse fits. For God has not given you a spirit of fear. Okay, but of power and love and discipline. Literally, what Paul is saying to Timothy is, Timothy, you need to act. 
You need to, to put some demand on your faith. You need to act. God had given him all the gifts he needed to fulfill uh, what God had called him to do. And, and literally, what, what that, word, that word kindle afresh means, it means to stir up the smoldering image, uh, embers into a living flame so that they would become white hot. How many of you have ever cooked on charcoal? Okay. That's the picture of it. But Paul is telling him that the Holy Spirit wants to make that charcoal blaze. Not just have, just coals, not just warm coals. He wants it to blaze. Now in the ancient world, they didn't keep fire at a blaze. They kept fire with embers. And when they needed them, they would, they would you know, they would blow on them. They would, you know, the blacksmith, he would, I don't know what you want it, and that, it would flame up and it would get a the bellows. He he would put the bellows on it, and that it would flame up, and it would get red hot. It would get white hot. And that's the picture here that Paul's painting. That word "kindle a fresh" means to stir the fire up and keep it at full flame. You say, "Well, what happens if I burn out?" You won't burn out, okay? You want you can't burn the Holy Spirit out. He's eternal. And if you do burn out, it'll be time to go to heaven, okay? I'd rather burn out than smother out, all right? Y'all with me? Okay. I'm trying to stay away from rabbit trails this morning because i got something to do. Earlier, Paul had written Timothy in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4, verse 14, these words. This is the... Literally, what we read there in 2 Timothy is the second warning he gave him. Now, he's not upset at Timothy. He's encouraging Timothy. But he said this in in 1 Timothy 4.14. He says, don't neglect the spiritual gift within you. And then he tells us which was bestowed upon you through a prophetic utterance with the laying on of the hands by the elders of the body. In other words, there was a prophetic word that came in that body as they met, and Timothy was told he had a gift, and the elders gathered on him, and they laid hands on him, and they prayed for him, and God gave him that gift. All right? Now, it happens in the New Testament. Therefore, it continues to happen in the New Testament of which we are part of. Amen? Okay. So he he says, look, this gift came through impartation, but you've got to activate it. All right? You've got to activate it. This morning, that's where many of you are. You've neglected the gift with little or no visible testimony of its power. You're afraid of what others will think or say. You're afraid of that. I've hit that place where I can't hear them whispering anyway, so what difference does it make, okay? Can't hardly see them if they're there, all right? But we're afraid. We're fearful of what others think. What does it matter what others think? May I, may I just let you in on a little secret? What we think others think most of the time, they don't even think about any time. They don't think about us. They may point at us and say, you know what, he's a nutcase. And that's the last thing they think about it. If you're afraid of what people think, okay? If you're afraid of what everybody else thinks, You're not really fearful of what God thinks. 
Okay, so you got to choose. You can't please everybody all the time. So please who it matters, and that's God and yourself. If you and God are at peace with each other, everything's, as a friend of mine used to say, copacetic. It's good. All right? It's good. But we're afraid. We're afraid, you know, something might happen. How many of you enjoy living where nothing happens? That's the epitome of boring to me. Listen, ask the Holy Spirit this morning to blow on that gift. Ask him to help you fan those, those embers into a flame. Now, there's another group here, and, 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 and I don't know how large this group is, and, and probably you would never admit it, but some of you are just afraid of the Holy Spirit. You're, you're, you're terrified of him. He's the third person of the Godhead, and you'd be happy if, if, if he just stayed number three and, and not bother you any. But he's not going to, because he wants to make you like Jesus. But you're fearful of him. You're, you're afraid that, 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 you know, he's going to get loose. <laughs> he's supposed to get loose. He lives in you. Jesus put him there to get loose. Okay? Now, like I said, loose is not crazy. All right? But either you're going to be in control of your life or he's going to be in control of it. All right? And if you'd like to wrestle with him, just keep on. All right? Because at some point, he will do what he did to Jacob. He will make you cripple. All right? He will. I got I to gotta move. I got I to go on. <laughs> I got to go on. But you're terrified of what he might do. And you know what? Your life is kind of a, a graveyard of would have, could have, or should have. You're thirsty for more than you experience, you've experienced, but you're unwilling to step out. Jesus said this in John chapter 7, verse 37 and 38. If any person is thirsty, if any person is thirsty. And then he come to me. Let him come to Jesus. It's an invitation. And then he, he says, come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being, from his belly. Literally, if you trace the root of that word back far enough, it goes back to the literally the womb, which is the place of life. Now, he's not just talking to ladies in this patch. He's talking to men and women. There's a place within us that can produce life if we allow the Holy Spirit to come forth from there. Okay? But if, if we're not producing life, guess what we're producing? Death. There, there's no in-between. We're either producing life or we're producing death. And so Jesus is literally saying, out of the womb will flow the Holy Spirit. He will flow out of us. We keep praying, Lord, pour him out on us when we need to be saying, oh God, let him go get loose from within us. He's put him in us. Folks, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives within us. He hasn't lost any of his power. All right? None. Not any. And he wants to come out of us. Literally to work through us. 
He wants to use our hands, our feet, our eyes, our mouth, our ears. He wants, he wants to use us. He wants to partner. Let me put it this way. He wants to partner with us in changing this world. Otherwise, Jesus would have took his followers with him to heaven and had said, I've had enough. But that's not what he did. He poured out his spirit and he's been filling up individuals for 2,000 years because he wants us to be Jesus on this planet. He wants us to reflect the image and the likeness of God and to do the things he did and the even greater things. He wants us to touch those who have yet to meet him. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. But you know what? It can't be your way. You can't have it the way you want it. It has to be the way that God wants it. And God wants to birth something out of you. He wants to birth something out of that innermost being. He wants to birth something out of that that womb. But you know what? Very often we block the flow of that power with fear. You know what? Our gift that was supposed to bring life produces stillborn it produces death move in your life what i'm saying this morning is ask if you're in that that group ask the holy spirit to move in your life and to manifest himself the way he wants to manifest himself through you in other words if i could put that in one word just surrender just surrender now this morning we're going to ask the holy spirit to come We're going to ask him to pour himself out afresh and anew in this body to come out of this body. Listen, he's tired and fed up, okay? I'm going to speak for him a moment. He's tired and fed up of being imprisoned by his people. He's tired of being restricted to the back row in most churches. He wants his rightful place, folks. Either he sits on the throne in a body of believers or he's gone. He's not there. Now, that doesn't mean he doesn't live within you, okay? That doesn't, I'm not talking about your salvation. I'm just saying his presence. He's either on the throne or he's not. And if he's not on the throne, he doesn't stick around, okay? He's not going to sit on the back row. He's left that for us. So if you're hungry and you want more this morning, if you long for the presence of and the power of God to manifest in your life, then this invitation is open and it's for you. And it's simply this. Just come to Jesus. Just come to Jesus. Just ask him for what you need. You may need a gift. You may already have a gift and you just need to blow some, some, some wind. You may need to ask him, Holy Spirit, would you act like the bellows? And just blow some of your breath on that gift so that I've got the courage and it gets hot within me and I can't stop it and it begins to flame up. Listen, this is what I'm going to do this morning, okay? I'm going to pray in a minute. God's given me a couple of three people. And I'm, I'm going to call you out. I'm not going to, I'm just warning you. Now's the time to leave if you don't want to be called out. I'm not going to put you on the spot. I'm not going to embarrass you, all right? I've never done this in a service, so I don't know what this is going to look like. But God has given me three people at least. I trust that he will give me more. And if he doesn't, 
then he'll do what he wants to do. But he's given me three people. And I'm just going gonna, gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what I believe God shared with me. And if you're willing, we're going to pray over you. And we're just going to step out in faith. Listen, if you're here this morning, you may need to just come to this altar. Okay? And the first thing you may need to do is just surrender. God, I give up. I just give up. I, I give up everything. Give up my reputation. I give up my dignity. I give up everything. And I just bow before you. And I want whatever you have for me. And I don't want anything you don't have for me. Okay? Whenever I go to a service where people are going to be praying for people, I pray that prayer. God, I want everything that you have for me. But I don't want anything that you don't have for me. Okay? And so the altar is going to be open. And if you hunger for God to move in your life, then don't waste this morning. I believe that God is here. You may want us to pray for the activation of your gifts. You may kind of know what your gift is. But you want to pray that that the Spirit of God would, 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 would blow on it and fill it and come. Then, by all means, we'll do that. We're going to ask him to impart some gifts as well. Here's what I believe, folks. If we will pursue him, if we will just take one step out of anonymity this morning, out of the shadows, out of that safe place, then then you know what? God will move. If we'll just act with the faith that we have. You say, I don't have a lot of faith. It don't take a lot of faith. Because it's not about faith. Okay? It's about Jesus. Jesus is just looking for a seed of faith. And if he can find a seed, he can grow that seed, that acorn, into an oak tree. And so we're just going to trust God this morning. Listen, I don't know what this will look like, okay? Our our worship team, they're going to come in a few minutes. And and what I I, I really, I think I want them to do is I'm going to pray first. And then I want them to sing the song that they've got planned to sing about the Holy Spirit. And then after that song comes to an end, I'm going to do what God's given me to do. Lord, this is about you. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.